Welcome back to the Man Catholic Podcast. I'm Steve Priest. I'm Thomas Wirtz. And I'm Brock Martin. We are going after the question, why go to seek? This is a special episode we're excited to be recording, not only for the Man Catholic Podcast, but also the Focus Seek Podcast. So wherever you're listening today, welcome. We're excited that Mm -hmm. you're here. We are talking all things Seek what it is and what uh, you could do when you go there. And we're talking to all audiences, which I think is really exciting today. We're talking about uh, students who are currently involved in the Focus program on campus and those who aren't involved. And you might be listening to Man Catholic Podcast. We're talking to alumni, those who are involved in Focus, formerly as a student, as a missionary, even just parishioners, as, uh, as we have really grown in Focus to reach many, many parishioners around the country with this little way of evangelization and we'll talk about that and then also our mission partners and benefactors of focus in which the mission of focus could not exist without so thank you in advance we're excited to have all of you here with us today i'm so excited we're talking about seek i think seek is just it's the best time of the year in terms of missionary discipleship, in terms of evangelization. Um, I'm reminded of my last year as a, as a missionary on campus. I remember on one of the nights at Seek, there's a, there's a big night of adoration and confession, and it's just so powerful to see you know, 15, 20,000 people on their knees worshiping our Lord. And I just distinctly remember this, this, this year, there was a chaplain who I was very close with who wasn't actually hearing confessions that night. He, he had decided to come into the, the main ballroom where adoration was. And I remember walking up next to him and, and kind of giving him a nudge. And as he turned to me, I could see tears just streaming down his face. And he was like, Brock, I think that more conversions are happening in this room on this night than any other room on any other night this year. And I'm so grateful that I get to be here. And I just think for men, there's something so powerful, right, about, about being in a room being surrounded by something that is so clearly bigger than ourselves mm-hmm. and it's powerful you you see lives change and so that i, I just i love that we're talking about seek and all, all of heaven was rejoicing in powerful ways with all of those conversions and one quick thing it's fun we're actually recording this podcast at the denver support center for focus so the main headquarter office for focus who's putting on seek and steve is actually going to participate in seek as well so this is super cool yeah i'll uh, have the opportunity to be the mc again so you will see his face not just hear his voice whether you want to or not exactly prepared to be massively (laughs) underwhelmed thomas and brock remind me often i have a face for podcasts i'm not sure where they're going with that so you mentioned father's tears i my first experience of focus conference as it was known years and years and years ago my senior year of college i also had tears and it was in adoration much smaller venue right it was a newman center church chapel that hosted us at that point down in Lincoln, Nebraska, but still had tears. And it was the same night. It was adoration. It was confession. And for me, I was newly flirting with Christianity, with Catholicism, with living as a disciple of Jesus. Mm. And this experience, I think, was very powerful because when you're living a certain way in life, as I was in college, I was off in the scene that isn't conducive to living the Christian life. You know, I was in the typical party culture, whatever you want to call it, the hedonistic life. And as I was trying to get out of that, there is a sense of where you're kind of straddling two worlds and you don't know who you are. You don't know where you belong. You don't know who who cares about you. You don't know if your old friends are ticked at you. These new people are like, well, who is this guy? Do you Are you fully accepted and loved yet? And so it, it can be very isolating, be very 
lonely. I don't know if any of you guys have ever felt that where you're kind of in, a, in the midst of transition. Maybe you're trying to walk away from certain things in your life you know aren't good for you and you want to pursue a different life, but you feel like you're alone or you're on your own or you haven't had the courage yet to really jump full in into a community of, of men that can walk with you and support you. And I was kind of in that transition. Luckily, there, luckily there were really amazing men around me that were seniors that were my year at, at Benedictine there when I was in this transition. And they were next to me. And I, as I came out of confession and I sat in front of the Lord in adoration, they were all around me. And I started to cry. And it was amazing to recognize, A, the Lord loves me. He's, he's there. He's been there all along. And I've been a schmuck. And how much I apologize to him for how I've treated him. But then also to recognize that I'm not the only one trying to do this. And there's other guys that will lift me up, that will walk with me, that will carry me as I step in and step out of the boat. Thomas, I love that. And as you're sharing that story, I'm starting to return to my first focus conference back in 2004. And I went, guys, as the only known student from CSU. Um, Come to find out there were two of us. I just didn't know the other person. And that's Colorado State University, go Rams, up there in Fort Collins. And so I showed up. A friend had invited me. I drug along another friend. I had no idea what I was getting into. Zero. It was just a friend's invitation. It was some Catholic thing. My mom gladly paid for it, and I found myself driving down I-25 to downtown Denver. And I was blown away. I was blown away by two things. First of all, because I, I really was not into my faith yet, I did not own a Bible. I'd never been to a Bible study. So I didn't know those words, the word discipleship. I'd have no idea what that meant. So I show up at this thing and I realized two things. One, how much I didn't know. Mm. That, that was a, a kind of a tough reality. But two, how excited I was to get to know this faith that I was just meeting, what it felt like I was meeting for the first time. Grew up Catholic, grew up my whole life Catholic. But the excitement, the energy, the joy, the seriousness, the piety, the love for our Lord. I saw all of these things in the hundreds of students that were in this ballroom. And again, this is back in 2004. It was still pretty small. That got me coming back to CSU saying, I don't, I don't know this Catholic thing as well as I want to. And I certainly don't know what focus is. Focus missionaries came the next year and I dove in head first. My life has never been the same. And I, I look back to that first focus conference. I was not your typical on fire Catholic college student. And and yet the conference radically impacted me. And I didn't have to know all those things in order for that conference to be meaningful. Does that make sense? Like, I I think sometimes we think we need to like fill out these prereqs or we have to have a certain base knowledge or understanding or even excitement and passion about the faith to go to these things. That was not the case for me back in 2004. And I don't think that's the case still today. So I'm super excited to be talking about this and to invite anyone listening, no matter where you are in your faith journey, that this could be an incredible event for you. No, I think that's spot on, Steve. I am. I'm reminded of my first year as a missionary. I invited a, a starting wide receiver on the football team at Baylor University to come to seek, which was in Dallas that year. And, uh, you know, I probably did a poor job of inviting him because when he showed up, he was like, dude, you told me this was a conference. This is not a conference. Like, there's so many young people and man, people are so alive in their faith and they're so hopeful uh, and confident in the fact that Jesus is real and that this actually has an impact on my life. I wish you wouldn't have called it a conference. Like I would have been here earlier. He had to show up a, a day late because of the bowl game they were in that year. And, um, and But I love with both of you and your stories, that concept of having other people and seeing other people live the faith, mm-hmm. 
you know, in our lives today, everything is so polished. You turn on the TV and, and watch a sports game or a show, like everything is, is so polished. And when you go to a Catholic church, I don't know what your experience is like, but for me, it's kind of the exact opposite. Mm. It's, it's kind of sloppy and mm. it's not polished. And I think this is an opportunity to see Christianity, the church that Jesus Christ founded, expressed in a beautiful polished way that has amazing teaching and and you know the, the talks you're going to get great content yep. but you also get that experience of being surrounded by a cloud of witnesses to be yep. surrounded by a crowd yep. that that is is bigger than you yep. and there's something that's just so inspiring about that and i also i don't think we've given the dates yet it's january 2nd through 6th mm-hmm. uh in st louis and so that's where and when the conference will be obviously seek.focus.org, go check it out. But I'm, I'm just so excited, especially for Catholic men, because I think men's conferences tend to be just kind of a boring thing. Hmm. And the reality is that Seek is the exact opposite. Yep. It's, it's so inspiring. So it's going to be in the old St. Louis Rams football stadium. It's a dome in January in St. Louis. Don't worry, we're not in the open air here. It's going to be covered. But you know what I just heard is, so this January is Focus's 25th anniversary but it's also 25 years after john saint john paul ii celebrated mass in this exact same building 25 years ago so it's just going to be this epic party and the celebration of the catholic church in the united states so i want to share a quick story when i was on campus with focus i served at the university of louisiana lafayette raging cajuns not a lot of people know about that school but they should (laughs) And certainly they should know about the food. It's a great place. That happens down there. I think I gained, I don't know, a small 20 pounds in my first semester. Our Lady of Wisdom, right? That's right. Our Lady of Wisdom down there. Incredible group of students. In fact, I was just texting a former football player, John, who was in my Bible study down there, asking him if he's going to join us to seek. So we'll see if he texts back while we're on here. No pressure, John. Yeah, John. Um, But this story is actually about Kyle. Kyle was one of those you know, really special students. He was all in, completely all in in his faith and grew up in a great family, was dating an incredible Catholic girl. She was in my wife's Bible study. And Kyle and I became very, very close friends in the first semester of my time there at UL. And he was in my Bible study. I think he was already starting to lead a Bible study and in discipleship with a couple other guys. By the time we went to what was then SLS and now called Seek. And this conference was really, really positive. I think we took maybe 15, 16 students. And when we came back from conference, Kyle and his girlfriend showed up at at our apartment front door, both crying. And Allie and I thought the worst. Oh, no, what happened? They're, you know, they're breaking up What or someone died. What happened? And after, you know, just a few short minutes, Kyle gave me a hug and he's still crying. And I said, bro, what is it? And he said, Steve, I've been called to the seminary. I think the Lord wants me to be a priest. And we laughed and we cried that night together because it was this bittersweet because he was breaking up with his girlfriend. They were a fantastic couple, but he was being called elsewhere. And now he's Father Kyle, and he's the pastor of a parish down in in Lafayette, Louisiana. And he is still leading small groups with his parishioners and using evangelization and discipleship and a lot of things that that, uh, we went through, Kyle and I, um, on campus together. He's doing that now as a priest at a parish, and uh, he remains a a great friend. We were actually texting a couple weeks ago. I invited him to seek, too. Uh, He cannot make it, unfortunately, but... Again, no matter if you're you're only part of the way in or, or like me, you just don't feel in at all. Or if you're like Kyle, where you're in Bible study, you're in discipleship, you're doing all the, the right things and you feel, well, what am I going to get out of seek? Mm. Um, the Lord wants you to be there because he wants to continue to work on your heart. 
And, and sometimes it's even when we feel, nah, I'm good. I'm good. You know, that's, that's when the Lord wants to work the most. So if you're listening to this and you're like, no, I haven't registered, but I don't know if I need it. I don't know if I need seek again. Maybe you've even been before and you think, I, I don't need it again. I want you to reconsider that. And I want you to join us in St. Louis. Yeah. I think for, for us men, we often need experiences that solidify the relevancy of Jesus Christ in our life. Mm-hmm. And that's guys that go to church every single Sunday, right? Because for us men, it's maybe not as natural to have a friendship with a God who is man as it is for the women out there. And so I think for whether you're Steve Priest at CSU, who's like, what am I even doing here? I don't even know what the Bible is. And you're, you're, you want to see, is Jesus Christ something I want in my life? Seek needs to be part of your life. You need to come. Or if you're a guy that's that, you know what, I'm going to be a Catholic. I'm good. Like I want to be a good dude. You need to come to see because you need to, you need to be more, I think, confident in that Jesus at the center of your life is exactly what you want and how you want to live your life. And so I love just, we all want to know, is Christ relevant? Is being Catholic relevant to my life? And that's a question that's okay to ask every day, but we need to actually put ourselves in situations where we're allowing the answer to come to us. And I think seek is an experience that will be unforgettable. And it will help us really in, have an encounter with that question, is God relevant in my life? Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, for me, this will be my 23rd Focus Conference, I think. You're um, old. For, for those of you that don't know, uh, my dad is Curtis Martin, who founded Focus. And so I've what? been at these things since I was a little kid. Name drop. And um, No, but I think to both of your points, every single conference... There is a there is a unique grace that the Lord gives. Yes, um, it's like it's like scripture. You know, you can read the the prodigal son every day for the rest of your life and get something new out of it because it's alive, right? Mm. And our relationship with Jesus is similar. That that it's He is alive and He desires to communicate to us. And so I think coming with that fresh set of of eyes, hopeful that the Lord has something to give to you. It doesn't matter, you know, if you are the guy that's all in, mm-hmm. you know. The whole reason that the church exists is to evangelize. That before Jesus ascended into heaven, he told us, go make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And in focus, there's a real sense that this generation of Catholics is responsible for this generation of people. And that mentality, Steve, that you mentioned of, nah, I'm good. You know, I'm, I'm doing my thing. I'm in my parish. I've got my small group. We do Exodus 90 maybe every other year. I really want to shake you. Mm. Like souls are falling into hell like snowflakes, Mother Mary tells mm. the the in, at the apparition in Fatima, and that as as Catholic men that should shake us. So this isn't just about us. There, there's also an element if you do feel like you have it together, go so that you can be inspired to go lead other people. Go so that you can have a radical encounter with the mission of the church to make disciples of all nations and do it in a way that you're surrounded by people who are trying to live this out, albeit in, a, you know, in an imperfect way. And so I really just, I want to shout out the, the alumni, people who were involved with Focus as college students, and, and those of you who are living in the parishes as well. In my role in Focus, I get to serve a number of parishes here in the Archdiocese of Denver, uh, one of them being Our Lady of the Valley up in Windsor. They had over 300 people last year showed up to the parish to live stream some of this stuff. Um, and I think the reality is that, you know, the logistics might be a little crazy for you. There's going to be a lot of ways for you to engage what's happening. Yep. And I just think it's a gift to the church for us to participate in this this momentous occasion. I, I love, Steve, that you mentioned at your first conference, Thomas, at yours, three, four hundred people. I remember those. You could fill up one you know, little room in a hotel. We used to get plated banquet dinners. Do you remember that? Those were the good old days. <laughs> Can we request that again? <laughs> yeah, guys? I'm not sure. Yeah, but probably... 
change the price. But, <laughs> but to think, though, that just 20 years later, now we're in a football stadium. Yeah. It's, like, it's so inspiring. Brock, I love what you just said there because this is also a historical event for the United States and the Catholic Church in America. This is one of the two largest Catholic gatherings in the country, NCYC being the other one. I think they usually get around 30,000 people as well. And, and outside of World Youth Day, maybe one of the largest in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there's just not an opportunity to get together with this many Catholics and to, even if nothing else, just to worship together. I mean, this is a historic event. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's, there's two things as I think about this conference that really just give me chills. One, and we've all seen it, how the procession at Mass, the procession, mm-hmm takes like 20 minutes why not only because the room is so long but because we have that many priests hundreds can celebrating for mass like like 400 right and then seminarians and 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 then that doesn't even count the religious women and they are just walking around everywhere the most joyful on fire faithful religious women i love them and if i so i do have a son if i had a daughter i would want her to see all of them. And I want my son to see all of these incredible priests because I want him to know what it means when I say, Hey son, let's, let's pray through a discernment to the religious and and what that could look like. Well, Mm -hmm. now he's seen it and he's experienced it and he's got a face to that idea. The second story, and then Thomas, I'll punt it over to you that, that I think really rocks me is, um, a story that came from our events team maybe five years ago, and it was one of the bigger conferences. It was either Indianapolis that had 17,000 or San Antonio that had 10,000. And I remember being there, and at Mass, it was towards the end of Mass, I could tell that there was something weird going on after Mass, or, or like after, right at, at the end of communion. I couldn't figure it out, and I ended up asking some of the events people, and they said, we ran out of hosts. I said, what do you mean we ran out of hosts? How are we not prepared <laughs> for that? Like, what kind of, you know... Uh, mistake is this and I kind of got frustrated and they said no Steve we use the exact same amount as yesterday and I said well did we run out of like 10 or 20 and no we ran out of 100 there were hundreds of people left and I said how does this even make sense like what is it and they said Steve last night was adoration and confession night and and all the pieces just kind of clicked that hundreds of people came back into a state of grace and were now worthy and desiring to receive communion. And it just gave me chills as I think back that, Brock, you said it, more conversions are happening that night. I mean, this is a world-changing moment, that night of adoration confession where the lines for confession are, are lines that would rival those at Disney, that, that it's just thousands of college students and young adults and adults alike in line for confession and then hundreds, if not thousands of them, returning to the sacrament the next day. So beautiful. Yeah, so we that's the question of, is my faith relevant to me? And if you're asking that question, you need to come to seek. And that's why it's called seek, to seek that answer out. But for those even, is, is my faith relevant to, is this, sorry, is this event relevant to me in my phase in life? You know what? We all need hope in our life. And you guys have kind of hinted at this in various ways of, you know, we got to think beyond just ourselves. whether it's our children that we want to see this, to see a taste of heaven where all the religious, all the priests, all these amazing people worshiping together, like that is amazing as a parent to think of our children or as a parishioner to think of how I want to bring people from my parish to again, seek the Lord or from my college campus, from my team. And, or it's just like, you know what? I've been doing this a while. I just need to experience hope in a deeper way. And you guys maybe know I, I 
run our athlete outreach called Varsity Catholic. And so one year we brought Lou Holtz in. It was in San Antonio. Super funny because he came in maybe 10 o'clock at night. I greet him at his hotel, walk him up to his room and never met Lou Holtz. Obviously I'm super nervous because he's a legend. It was the day of his 80th birthday. Actually, it was the day before his 80th birthday, the vigil. And so I'm like, I'm going to invite him to adoration because it's going on right now, but it's 10 o'clock at night. I don't know what he's going to say, but I'm still going to invite him. So I say, coach, do you want to come downstairs, walk across the street to the convention center? We got adoration. You know, he looks at his watch. What's going on? And I'm like, oh, there's adoration confession. He's like, I'll meet you downstairs in 10 minutes. I'm like, sweet. So I go downstairs and I just wait for like 10 minutes for Lou Holtz to come down. Lou Holtz comes down. He's got a sweater on. A blizzard of sorts has hit San Antonio, right? It's <laughs> freezing un, un, uncharacteristically in San Antonio. It's super cold. The wind's blowing. So Lou Holtz and I walk across the street. I don't have a jacket on. I'm like, oh, that's not good. I probably should have known. But anyways, also he's like 80 pounds. He's this tiny guy. We walk across the street. He's about blown over by the wind. He starts to get freezing. We get to the convention center. He looks at me. He's like, this is a bad idea because it was cold. I'm like, dang it. Coach hates this already. So we walk into the convention center during adoration. And all of a sudden, he's just pulls his phone out. He's walking up and down the side, snapping pictures. Because what he saw was amazing. Mm -hmm. And he turns and he's like, I wish my wife could see this. And he was taking pictures to show his wife. The next day, he did two events with us. One to all the men there. Rocked them. Crowd, just the guys loved it. And then he did an event with all the athletes. And again, it was his 80th birthday. Quick side tangent. I don't know if you guys knew this story. As we opened the door in the back of the room with 600 athletes in the room, the plan was they're all going to sing happy birthday. Right, just burst out. And that happens in two of our guys. Mike Repose, who is 6'4", was an offensive tackle at Eastern Michigan, and Garrett Bernardo, who is a baseball player from Maine. They come up behind Lou Holtz, pick him up on their shoulders, and carry him to the front. And the whole time I'm like, holy cow, we're either going to get sued or this is just the epic story of all time. Carry Lou Holtz up to the front, right? Afterwards, he just gets mobbed by people. But again, this idea of Lou Holtz, he kept talking about, man, I wish my wife was here, mm-hmm. and hopefully she can come back on my 85th birthday. He said something like this, but... But my point is that even a guy like Lou Holtz coming to seek, who's been all over the world speaking how many places, met, was met with a message of hope mm-hmm. that the, the church is alive, that young people are alive. So, so is it relevant for you? Absolutely. Whether you're seeking, do I want Christ in my life? Or you're just, you've been at it a while, you've been a warrior, come catch your breath yep. and, and experience hope in a new way, in a deeper way. No, I think that's spot on. The, I love that you mentioned Lou Holtz, uh, you know, as the C Conference has grown over the years. So blessed to have just amazing people, movie stars, athletes, all that, uh, because it is it is the message of hope. And I, I, I know that some of my mission partners have been able to come and they just share with me that exact message. You know, you turn on the news or, or open up a newspaper, go online, like it looks like the church is losing everywhere, right? And you come to an experience like Seek and you get the exact Amen. opposite. You see that the faith is spreading. You see that people are having conversions, that, that men and women are giving their lives to Christ, sometimes in a very radical way, uh, like like your friend Kyle, Steve. Um, but it's so hopeful. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you start to see it's one of the few times in, in our year that you get to see the church just flat out winning. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's beautiful. There is a specific track for parishioners or alumni, those who aren't currently on the college campus. It's called the Making Missionary Disciples track. And so this is no longer a college student conference. Mm-hmm. I know for many, many years right, it right. kind of was. It isn't anymore. In fact, about 30% of our attendance is non-college students. So um, this is welcome to all ages. My 12-year-old son absolutely loves it. For even the younger kids, we do have some child care available. So really, there's no reason that you can't join us in SEEK in January. 
Um, I want to share just a couple of the keynotes. Some of you might be thinking, what, what does this look like? Each night there will be a keynote. Every day we're going to have mass together. During the day there will be breakout sessions or this MMD track that I talked about. It starts Monday afternoon on the 2nd of January and ends kind of Friday midday on the 6th. Some of the keynotes, Jason Everett, Sister Miriam James, Paul J. Kim, Sister Bethany Madonna, Father Mike Schmitz, Matt Frad, and many, many more. And many of those have podcasts as well that you might be hearing from on the Seek podcast. So take a listen to them. And then our entertainment just got announced, Ben Rector. Is going to yeah. be jamming Let's out go. with oh, us. I was pumped. My kids are pumped. Yeah, I think on Thursday night of the conference. So it's really going to be an incredible event. Thanks for joining us on this special edition of the Man Catholic Podcast. Again, if you are listening on the Seek Podcast, you can find us at Man Catholic podcast wherever you get your podcasts our email is mancatholicpodcast at gmail.com so you can shoot us a topic or a question we'd be love to address that and give us a listen we'll catch you next time again the seek website thank you thomas is seek.focus.org and hopefully we'll see all of see you, you there in we'll see january you there. god bless <laughs>